Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Mark Brennan, CEO and co-chairman of Sorando Sorando Gold. Sorado. Sorado, that's it, Mark. I have a privately owned Toronto-based growing precious metals mining and exploration company, build a portfolio of assets in South America, including Argentina and Brazil. Um, Mark's going to give us an overview of mining in those countries and tell us more about the company um, and obviously the, how the company is progressing um, into the next decade. So I'd like to first welcome Mark to the podcast. How are you doing, Mark? I'm well, Rob. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Appreciate your time coming on the, onto the podcast to um, tell us a little bit about mining in um, Argentina and Brazil and obviously namely uh, Cerrado Gold. So, first of all, just wondering if we can uh, kick off by you telling us a little bit about yourself, about your background, where, from sort of where you graduated to sort of present day. And then I've got obviously a number of questions that I would uh, like to ask you. Fantastic, Rob. Well, actually, coincidentally, my background, uh, I started my uh, career as an investment banker in London um, and um, you know, left London in, in uh, the late 90s to, uh, to come to Toronto and, and work very much in, in, in getting involved in the mining sector. Um, I was part of the management and the, and the founding team of a company called Desert Sun Mining and um, in 2002, which we started with a market cap of about $10 million. And we, uh, we, we sold that to Yamana. Uh, the Jacobina mine to Yamana for $685 million in 2006. Um, subsequently, that was based in Brazil and, and still is one of Yamana's top properties. Um, that is where really the, the Cerrado team kind of came together. Um, myself and Kurt Menken, uh, our current COO, who's an ex-Anglo Gold um, executive, uh, basically who was the, oper- was the operator and the, the uh, country manager for Desert Sun, uh, we then left and we created a company called Largo Resources. And Largo Resources, uh, also in Brazil, we built a mine there uh, where we spent about $350 million bringing a mine um, on budget, uh, on time. Um, and, and now it's the, uh, the world's highest grade, lowest cost producer of vanadium in the world. Um, so along the way, we, we picked up some, um, some of our team who we're very comfortable working with. And we all have a great deal of experience um, in Latin America and South America. And also, you know, focusing on, on operations. So really, we're very, very good at, at building, at, at restructuring, at creating, um, you know, operating um, uh, companies. Uh, and, and from that perspective, what we try to do is we all try to find the best possible asset we can find. And then, and then we look to, to build that and, and drive it. And, and sometimes we sell it. And sometimes we, we uh, you know, we, we let the shareholders take it forward and, and move on. Um, so with regard to Cerrado, um, it's probably our most exciting project that, that, that we've been involved in. Um, you know, not only do we see a world-class asset in Brazil uh, with huge growth potential and, and phenomenal economics, um, but in Argentina where we're producing, um, you know, we see we're in a, we're in a, a world-class belt surrounded by Newmont, Yamana, um, Anglo, 
and and basically we see lots of scope for growth. So so we're an emerging uh, emerging uh, growth company. Um, you know these are two new brand new stories that we're looking to to drive. Um, I'll also just mention you know you mentioned we're private. Uh, we are looking to be public. Uh, we're going to trade uh, in Toronto, um, and we expect to trade in the first week of December. Okay. Okay. Um, appreciate uh, you give us an update about yourself and an overview of uh, obviously your career. Um, and obviously, you've got a lot of experience in um, South America, namely in Argentina and Brazil. Before going to um, talk talk about those jurisdictions, I just wonder if you can give us a, a really, I suppose, a, a dig deep. Hence the uh, podcast um, about obviously Cerrado Gold and um, a, a, an overview of the company and your story and your history behind um, the company and where you are today. Sure, sure. You know, we we, we I was um, I, I was in the final stages um, of restructuring a company that actually had assets called Sierra Metals, uh, which when I left had about a six hundred million valuation. Um, but basically, the, the, um, when, when we were introduced to this project by two geologists who we've known, I've known in Brazil uh, for 30 years, uh, I met them through their brother, one of the brothers who, who uh, ran the DNPM or the, the Brazilian Mining Agency. And, and they came to us uh, subsequent to discovering um, Brazil's largest gold project called uh, Volta Grande uh, for a company now within Belo Sun. They left Belo Sun, started working on this project. And they brought it to us in 2017, um, telling us that they believed that this project had 10 million ounces. Um, we, we went and did our due diligence. We looked into it and, and we, we, we share their enthusiasm for the project. We can certainly see 5 million ounces. Uh, if we can get to 10, even better. Um, but what we see right now is just a, a tremendous opportunity uh, for a highly economic, uh, strong growth uh, project in Brazil. And, and so that was the lead of the, the, the company. And so we, we actually drilled the project in 2018. Um, with only 18,000 meters, we re recovered 813,000 ounces. Uh, so for every meter that we drilled, we ended up with 40 ounces, a pretty, pretty strong recovery rate. Um, and so in, in 19, we started engaging with some majors about working on a, a joint venture agreement. Um, but in mid-May, we, we, uh, we, we actually uh, started negotiating for this project called Minera Don Nicolas in Argentina, which was a small producer that, that largely was, was run very, very inefficiently. And, and they had, they had bought, the, the previous owners had bought the asset for $100 million. They put $120 million into top class and, and state-of-the-art infrastructure, um, you know, and, and basically, but they weren't operating it very well. They weren't operators. They were a consortium of, of electronic component manufacturers of all things. Uh, and they really were desperate sellers and they didn't want to be in the industry. Now, this was when gold was at $1,200. Um, and we felt that this project could make, you know, $10, $12 million for us on a free cash basis um, at those kind of gold prices uh, once we got our, our feet on the ground and turned it around. So, so as it turns out, obviously gold has moved higher. Um, you know, we're, we're expecting uh, on a very base case to, to produce between 45 and 55,000 ounces a year in Argentina um, for the foreseeable future for the next eight or nine years. That should generate for us um, somewhere in the region of about $25 million of free cash at 1650 gold. So, so we see some strong cash flows there um, that will enable us to grow our operations in Brazil without diluting the shareholders. Um, and so, so basically, you know, Argentina initially was a strategic choice uh, to drive cash flow, but in actual fact, we've seen some really good opportunities 
you know, we're looking right now at an investigation of a heap leach operation, which will be about 20 to 30,000 ounces of additional ounces, um, which, which we hope to be in production by the end of next year. So, so from that perspective, we should exit next year at somewhere in the region of about um, 70 to 80,000 ounces, uh, generating about 40 million of free cash. And that free cash uh, not only will be used to grow Brazil, uh, Argentina, but we'll also look to grow Brazil. In Brazil, you know, we, we started in September a drill program of 17,000 meters. By next March, our target is to be at one and a half million ounces. And then by, by next September, our target is to be at two to two and a half million ounces. So again, a very aggressive, we have four rigs on the property in Brazil. Um, so combined, we've got a very nice complement. And, and you, know, you mentioned about your experience in Australia. This is a lot of the same construct that Australian companies tend to have is they have a, a producer that generates cash and drives exploration, uh, which is a little bit unusual for North America, believe it or not. So, yeah. so you know, we're, we're thrilled with our operations. We're in two world-class belts. Um, you know, the, the Argentinian belt, as I mentioned, we have our neighbors of, of Yamana producing 225,000 ounces a year. Um, to the south, we have Anglo producing 250,000 a year, ounces a year. And then to our northwest, we have uh, Newmont producing 350,000 ounces amongst a bunch of other, uh, of other companies. And, and so, um, you know, we're, we're very excited by this belt and the prospectivity of this belt. We are the largest landholders on this belt. Um, so, so we see lots of potential and lots of scope for, for growth there. Um, and then in Brazil, you know, this, we do not feel this is a deposit. Uh, we currently have 58,000 hectares in Brazil. We feel that this is a district and, and we control the significant portion of the district. Yeah. Um, you recently published the, the PEA on the Monte Carmo project. Um, can you give us a, a sort of brief summary of uh, results and what does uh, the future hold for the project? Well, yes. I mean, you know, the, the, when, when you speak of an embarrassment of riches, um, that PA is probably the, the best PA I've ever seen. Um, and, and obviously it, it, it worried us a little bit because it was somewhat so good that it was somewhat unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, aside from the fact that, that you know, we, we had done in 2018, we had done an internal, uh, we had commissioned an, an internal uh, scoping study by a third party called PEK, which is a group of RTZ engineers. And, and basically they had very much the same construct and very much the same parameters. The only difference, and, and the numbers were good, but they weren't as good as the numbers we had here. Now there are three major changes that we had. Um, and those were one that the, the, uh, the gold price had moved from $1,200, we used 1550 in the study, to the REI uh, in Brazil went from 350 to the dollar to five and a quarter to the dollar where it's now about 550. And then we also had done some metallurgical testing in Brazil, which enabled us to reduce our capex um, by, by not requiring a customized plant. So, so that's kind of the, the lead into this PA, but um, you know, at an MPV five basis, the, the, the net result was that we ended up with 432 million of, of NPV uh, with a 76% uh, IRR. Those, you know, the numbers were higher, uh, but what we did is we came in and we added to our CapEx. Um, currently there's 110 million of CapEx. Uh, not only did we add 25 million or 32% contingency, uh, but we also looked at adding CapEx to other items to, to make that number a little bit higher in order to, to make, you know, to give us a lot more cushion. We also reduced the, 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 uh, the operating expenditures, sorry, we also increased the operating expenditures as well in order to just make sure that, that we had more cushion uh, to the numbers. Now, what gave us great comfort is that, that we had very good hard data. 
that we were working with to create this PA. And then the engineering firm had, had, you know, the engineering firm, I should mention, is a group called G21. Uh, they're a very, very strong group in Brazil. We use them at Largo. We use them at, at, uh, at Desert Sun. We've never had any problems with regard to their, the quality of their work. Um, and so we also had hard data where we had Jacobina from Yamana that we were still very close to. We had Largo's Maracas project that we're still very close to. We used another company called Amarillo who just completed a, PA, a feasibility study. Uh, and there are two other groups that were used by the engineering firm. And, and so they, they managed to come up with a scenario where we had seven year mine life of 103,000 ounces um, at a cost of less than $500 uh, per ounce all in. Now, um, you know, that, that's an extraordinary number. That puts us probably in the, in the lowest 5% of, of any production cost for any gold company in the world. Uh, so it's quite extraordinary. Now, I, under, I appreciate that this is only a PA and I appreciate that this is at, uh, you know, based on an inferred resource. But what gave us a great deal of comfort is that right now we have four rigs on the property. And, and, and by March of next year, we're targeting to have a million and a half ounces versus the 800,000 ounces that they used for this study. So, so at that point, even if we just add the additional ounces as a tail, you know, make, take it from seven years to 13 years, that'll add at least another 200 million to our NPV. Uh, so the numbers will be even stronger. Um, so, so from that perspective, we had a high degree of confidence with the quality of the work, with the parameters that they used and the inputs of the work, and the fact that we have this new drill program coming along that's only going to make the numbers better. And, and one thing I point to uh, when people go, you know, this is, this is not totally believable. Uh, if you look at the slide on our presentation, you'll see that the OPEX is $26.39 uh, per ton. Well, Jacobina, which is a, a marginally deep underground mine, uh, mining at 2.4 grams, basically is producing at $42 an ounce. Um, and so, so for a deep underground mine at $42, if we're looking at an open pit mine that daylights at surface, uh, $26 is not that, you know, is not such a big difference. Uh, to, to an underground mine. So again, I, I believe that, that, that when we complete our, our 1.5 million ounces uh, by the end of March, uh, that we're gonna do another PA, I think the numbers will be better. Um, what we may see is we may increase our production and I believe we will probably increase our production from 103,000 ounces a year up to probably 150 to 200,000 ounces a year. Okay. Um, what what advantages would you say that you're seeing sort of right now operating in, say, Brazil and also Argentina versus other jurisdictions around the world? And obviously, you've got quite a lot of experience in, in both those countries. Um, yeah. What advantages would you say you're, you're seeing um, with the experience that you've got working in those jurisdictions? Sure. Well, I'll say the, the first and foremost, you know, when, when you're, let's, I'll talk about Brazil first, but first and foremost, when you operate in Brazil, um, you have to have the support of the local community. If you don't have that, forget it. It's not going to work. Uh, and, and we have, you know, we're very fortunate that all three projects that we've had uh, have had very strong support. And, and this one, you know, is, is very much the same. Uh, we have a town of 5,000 people who are basically two, three kilometers from our base camp. Um, they are very, very supportive of the project, um, you know, and so from that perspective, that's the first thing that you need to have. Second of all, on an economic basis, um, we have very, very strong advantages because the infrastructure is fantastic. Um, there's already a 69 kV power line running through our property. Um, we, we're one kilometer from a paved road. Uh, we have an estuary from a major river that runs to, through our property. 
Um, you know, the REI at, at five and a quarter, uh, it's currently 550, but we use five and a quarter in our PA. Uh, the reality is that is that, you know, that is very, very cheap. And, and so mining in Brazil right now is extremely inexpensive. When I was mining at Largo, when I brought Largo into, into, into initial production, um, basically the cost of that, you know, the REI was at 1.6 to one. So, so frankly, uh, a hamburger in the town of, of Maracas was more expensive than a hamburger in the Savoy. Uh, so, so you know, you know, now it's, it's come full circle and, and, and the expenses um, you know, of operating in Brazil is very, very inexpensive. So, and we're, and we're benefiting from the, from the infrastructure. What I'll also mention is that our geology, our geology is very, very good. And I'm not gonna get too much into geology, but what I will say is this, is that we have no refractory ore. So, so the mineralization is free and, and liberated from the sulfides. So that means that when we, when we, uh, when we, when we process our, our gold mineralization, Gravity alone, just by using gravity, we recover 82% of the gold, which is extraordinary. Yep. And then, and then basically, what happens is that we use flotation, and that will recover another 15%. So we get 97% recoveries. And and you know, because there's no refractory ore, we don't need to use a lot of chemicals. We don't need to use a lot of, of, of inputs, and, and that makes it very cheap. Also, with the capex, uh, it means we can use an off-the-shelf technology plant for a plant. We don't need to customize it a great deal. And that, that has reduced our CapEx and our OpEx very significantly. So that, that's another economic advantage in Brazil that's been tremendous. Um, Argentina, um, you know, Argentina continues to be Argentina. Um, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, there have been British companies that, that invested in the canal system, you know, Manchester Canal, I believe, in, invested in Argentina in the, in the 1890s. Um, and, and so, and, and I don't think probably from the 1890s, things have changed dramatically. They've always been a little bit tumultuous in Argentina, but, but in terms of, you know, they, 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 have, they run um, inflation of about 40%, which is, which is um, you know, makes issues more complex, but at the same point, it reduces our costs. Um, 60, 70% of our costs are US dollar denominated. So, so when we find that, that the currency gets depreciated, which it does quite often, um, you know, it's a very advantageous thing for our costs. Um, I would say again, you know, we're, we're located in a province called Santa Cruz province. Um, it's actually the home of, of the Kirshner family, um, you know, which is a, a political dynamo in Argentina. Alicia Kirshner uh, is the actual governor of Santa Cruz. Um, it's, been a, it's been a province where, where people have been mining, uh, you know, Anglo and, and such at Yamana have been mining for 20, 30 years. Uh, and the fact is there's been no um, operational hiccups created by the government. Uh, it's a very, very good state to be operating in because basically it's a big landmass with a very small population base. Um, and so to a certain extent, you could almost be on the moon. I mean, you don't see people, you don't see anything for, for long stretches of time. And, and we have a fly in fly out camp. Uh, and so we're quite isolated, which has been very positive for that, for the COVID cir circumstance, because basically we have our own little bubble um, and, and we've had no instances of COVID and, we, and we're very, very cautious. Argentina has been very, very restrictive in terms of their their uh, their, their protocols for, for COVID. Um, but anyway, so so you know, I think in terms of Argentina, um, you know, we have the, the the deflationary environment for the currency has been positive for for us. Um, also, you know, we're looking at mining open pitable resources that that between two areas averages five and a quarter grams per ton. Um, that's extraordinary for open pit operations. And so, so basically, 
um, you know, even with that, uh, we're looking at, at, at our cost being probably somewhere close to about $1,000. But that gives us lots of, of, of cushion, lots of, of, of room for maneuver um, to make a very profitable operation. So it's a small operation, you know, 1,000 tons, 1,200 tons per day. Um, but at the same point, you know, we, we anticipate that we'll be generating uh, $25 million, uh, free cash next year on our base case. Uh, if we add the, the, the heap leach, I think that number will be closer to 40 million. Uh, so we can generate some strong cash out of Argentina. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges that you're facing as a company and how are you actually getting over those challenges? Um, I suppose in both, both countries and I suppose starting off with Argentina. Well, you know, the, the, we've, been, we've been very lucky, I, I have to say. You know, the, the, um, there's a lot of competition for attention. Uh, there's a lot of competition for capital. Um, you know, which, which thanks me again for, for having us here on, on the Dig Deep. The, the reality is that, um, you know, we, we, we've been very fortunate. We've been able to grow our business. Um, you know, we started, we started very much with, with, with um, only, only a dream in 2017. Um, we're now raising capital for, for our go public scenario in December of $25 million at a, at $140 million Canadian valuation. Um, so we, we've been lucky, but um, like any junior, like any starting company, um, you know, we, 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 um, the challenges that we've had in Argentina in particular uh, have been COVID related. We, we acquired this mine in, in March of this year. So just as COVID struck, um, you know, that said, the, 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 the team that have been down there in, in tandem with our guys uh, that we've managed to get into Argentina, uh, have done a really good job. And, and so the mine is actually being able to make money and, and continue operating, even though it's operating with, with 40 to 50% capacity of, of manpower. Um, you know, but, but from that perspective, uh, again, the grade has been so strong. Um, the opportunity left by the previous owners uh, has been, has been uh, you know, where they left a first-class mill, they, they, they have first-class infrastructure, uh, equipment, uh, fleet, um, you know, so that that's been tremendous. Um, you know, what, what, what I'd say is that the the uh, you know um, we've been able to manage very well, um, and and we've been able to set ourselves up, I believe, for for just very very strong growth, uh, and and that's been really encouraging. Yeah, um, you mentioned previously about trust um, within obviously within the community. Um, I think you were talking about your um, Brazil property. What kind of I suppose, what kind of ways are you building that trust in both those jurisdictions, in Brazil and Argentina? What are some of the things that you've been doing to gain the trust of, of the uh, local community? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, I, 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 I kid you not when I mentioned with Argentina that, that you know, we're in Patagonia, um, basically the closest sizable community is about 400 miles away. Um, so, so from that perspective, there's not really, you know, we have some Wanacos, which are, which are, you know, uh, some kind of, of, of llama type animal. They, they basically are our local community, right, okay. you know, um, you know, so, so it's, you know, I, I believe in, in the whole province, there's probably a population of 200,000 people. It's a very small, uh, and, and very, very sizable, uh, yeah. uh land mass. Um, so, so, um, but, but basically with the local community, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're familiar with mining. There's, there's four or five big, large size mines in the area. Um, you know, basically we employ people uh, directly from the local towns as much as we can. We, we, we've offered 
Uh, and we've certainly brought in a lot of expertise uh, in a very short period of time to, to educate these people. Um, you know, the, the local community are, are, are very hungry and, and uh, they, they want knowledge and, and uh, they want to learn how to do things and, and become internationally competitive and, and we're providing them with that. Also, basically, you know, we're utilizing the labor force. We're, we're providing them the first crack at, at services like drilling and, and labs and other things. Um, you know, th those, are, that's, those are somewhat customary. Um, you know, I think in terms of the, the uh, because of the large landmass and, and the very limited population base, um, you know, our, 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 our strength is with the community uh, has really been more our relationship with the government. Um, and basically it's been first class, the provincial government uh, we've had a first-class uh, relationship with the local government, as well as the, the unions have been very helpful for us uh, coming into this uh, very difficult environment with COVID. Um, so, so um, you know, in, in, in Brazil, it's a little bit more different. And, and you know, we generally, uh, Kurt Menken, who's our chief operating officer, who, who you know, was, the, was the, the country manager and the manager for Jacobina for Desert Sun, for Anglo and then Desert Sun, and then, um, and then he came to Largo. You know, what, what people want most is, is they don't want charity, uh, for one. What they want is they want, they want to enter the business cycle. And, and for example, in Maracas um, for Largo, we had a town of 35,000 people uh, that basically probably 90% of them were unemployed. And, and so, so from that perspective, um, you know, we brought into that town uh, a, a business and, 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 and a business community, a business ethic. Um, you know, we hired a lot of the workforce, uh, so gave them a lot of pride. Uh, we did, you know, we did contribute um, in terms of uh, provided them with, with, with um, medical uh, care and medical assistance, uh, schooling, um, and, and things like that. But generally what we tended to do was we tended to give it, uh, you know, give it to the, to, to the, to the, uh, uh, give it to the, to, to the government so that they can run it. It's not our objective to run and such. But basically, you know, I look at the town of Maracas now, having gone back, you know, five years later, um, and, and, and there's a lot of pride in the community. There's a lot of service industries that are ancillary to the mining to the, that, that have built. And, and so we're using that same kind of formula um, as it relates to, to Monte de Carmo currently, which is two kilometers, a population of 5,000 people. You know, first of all, we, we, we you know, Kurt is, is, is phenomenal at this, but basically, you know, he gives them respect. Um, even though they're, 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 they're a small community, um, they get respect and they get treated with respect. Um, they, they, they get listened to what they need and, and, and we try to pro provide them and help them with, with not giving them, but helping them build uh, so that they, can, that they can have that. And, and then the impact of bringing, um, you know, new jobs, you know, with, with, with regard to this, this uh, site that we have in at Monte de Carmo in Brazil, will probably be something in the region of, of, you know, a couple of thousand people directly or indirectly from the town will be employed by the mine, uh, whether that's in construction or whether that's, you know, through, through providing services. Um, you'll see new services, you'll see new service industries, mechanics, um, you know, welding shops, um, you know, tire shops, lots of different things, lots of, you know, food stores. Um, you'll see lots of ancillary businesses that, that tend to will come with our, our mine. Um, but again, we're, we're just like in the, in the community of, of uh, Maracas, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll provide them with education. We'll provide them with, with housing in Maracas. We provided housing for, I think it was about 900 people. Um, but, but um, you know, we'll, we'll figure out exactly what they want. Uh, we're not going to give them everything they want uh, because that 
ultimately leads to an, a, a necessity from them where, where, where we become their, 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 their parents in essence and giving them, giving them pocket money. Um, the reality is that, that they have to learn to stand on their own two feet. And what we do is we enable them to, 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 to not only stand on their own two feet, but to thrive in a competitive environment. So they can take that, their, those skills and they can transfer them elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and I suppose a lot of people outside of the mining industry don't realize the effect of a mining company coming into an area like that, because you're giving a lot of people uh, prosperity. Um, it's not just providing jobs, but there's there's numerous other benefits from a company sure. company sure. going into that region. And like I said, prosperity, um, uh, that feel good factors. So it's not just providing jobs. And it seems that you've mentioned quite a few there that it's it's given the whole area a new sort of lease of life and and, yeah, and a future as well. Yeah. And people outside of mining don't understand don't necessarily understand that kind of impact. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I look at I look again, and, and and a rule of thumb that I kind of use is that for every mining job that's created, you tend to have three to four other jobs, ancillary jobs created. But I look at Maracas, for example. You know, the the uh, the, the 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 state of Bahia, which is right next door to where we are today. Uh, in, in Monte de Carmo, basically, um, they the state had wanted to to, to drive uh, gas power um, through the state, and they for, for a long time to provide to the local communities. But they didn't have the capability to do that. And and when the when the mine came in, it gave them the strong capability to 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 provide gas to to this part of the country. So so from that perspective, as you say, there there are many many ancillary developmental. Um, benefits that come with 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 a mine because it does bring a lot of jobs it does bring a lot of prosperity it brings complications too let's not forget those but all in all the i, I think the benefits certainly outweigh the 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 uh the negatives yes yeah, certainly certainly does um you recently completed uh, an acquisition of a neighboring property in argentina and um, what actually fueled this decision and how will this project be integrated into the cerrado story well, basically, the the uh, we we acquired a company called Minera, Minera Mariana, and, and basically this company has a a uh, uh, three hundred and eighty thousand ounce uh, indicated resource as well as a, a forty thousand ounce inferred resource, and and it actually straddles our border. Uh, we have a deposit in the northern uh, boundary of our property uh, that's called Escondido, and basically this property actually splits the Escondido. Uh, deposit in half. So, so this is the other side of, of, of our deposit. And, and, and basically, you know, what we see is we see of the, of the total ounces, you know, half of those ounces or about 200,000 ounces will go to a heap leach uh, operation that we're looking now to, 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 to bring into to play. Um, our, our hope and our expectation is that by the end of next year, that we'll have a, a heap leach operation that should be able to generate 20 to 30,000 ounces per year. And, and that will come from this direct acquisition. So of the 400,000 odd ounces that we're acquiring, 200 of those will be used for the heap leach. And then once those ounces have been used, the, the ounces below, the 200,000 ounces below will be fed because they're higher grade, they'll be fed to our plant. So, so we have every intention to use 100% of those ounces uh, into our operations. So it, it now takes you know, our, our global resource uh, in Argentina to about a million ounces up from, you know, with about 600,000 uh, ounces of, in, of indicated resource 
and, and, and 350,000 ounces of inferred resource. So we now have, have a pretty good scope um, and, and, a, and a longer life to, to grow from. So it was just a, a very opportunistic and um, in our view, inexpensive acquisition. Hmm. Um, you recently uh, entered into an agreement to go public, obviously, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, through a reverse takeover. Um, and we'll be doing a capital raise and concurrently, uh, obviously, going public. What are these funds to, are going to be used for? Um, and where will the stock be available to obviously trade? Yeah. So, so again, you know, we're, we're looking to be trading uh, sometime in Toronto, sometime in, in early December. And, and basically what we're looking at is, is uh, we're, we're, we're uh, raising up to $25 million Canadian uh, at a valuation of $140 million Canadian. And, and the objective for these funds predominantly will be to go to Brazil. Um, you know, 20 million of the funds will go to, to take us to feasibility, to complete a feasibility study and to take us to a construction decision in Brazil. Um, you know, with regard to Argentina, Argentina uh, is, is profitable. Argentina will generate, as I mentioned, we're targeting $25 million of free cash next year. So, so we, what, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of setting up two separate bubbles where Argentina will look after itself, uh, will generate uh, capital to grow. Um, initially, it'll, it'll focus on that capital remaining in Argentina. Um, but, but the funds we raise now will be raised for, to take Brazil to a feasibility, to complete a feasibility study. And then, and then by the end of 22, our expectation is we'll start construction. And at that time, we believe that Argentina will be sufficiently large that we can actually use the cash flow from Argentina to grow the production, to, 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 to grow the construction, to pay for the construction uh, in, in uh, Brazil. Now in Brazil with construction, we'll, we'll have some debt obviously, uh, but the equity uh, required alongside that debt uh, could, could very much come from Argentina. Okay. Um, and concluding, I wonder if you can give us um, a, a, some, some reasons why and obviously your, possibly your unique uh, um, proposition as to why someone would want to invest in you. Um, and I suppose if you can give us a, an outlook of the company um, over the next, say, five years or so. The biggest, you know, I, I would say that we are a growth company and, and we have one... Um, very phenomenal asset in Brazil, uh, very, very unique, very, um, you know, large, high grade, strong economics. Um, that's what the, that's, that's what everybody's looking for in the mining sector. Um, you know, that, that's what everybody wants. And that's what we believe we have in Brazil. Um, in Argentina, we, we believe we've only been there for six months. We did due diligence for a year before that. Um, but, but we're only now starting to gain our feet in Argentina. But, but what we see there is far greater than what we expected when we made the acquisition. So, so we're in two world-class belts, um, two substantially highly economic projects that are gonna generate a lot of cash flow, not only at $1,900 gold, but also at $1,300 gold. So from that perspective, we will be a low cost gold producer. We will be producing 250,000 ounces of gold a year at a low cost by 2024. And, and that'll generate a lot of cash. Uh, and ultimately, I believe that is why people should be investing in, in Serato. Not only Serato, but people should be looking for those attributes for any mining investment. Yeah, certainly. Um, really appreciate your time, Mark, for obviously giving us an overview of um, Serato and also obviously telling us more about um, mining in Brazil and Argentina. 
Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you and um, obviously get some more information about the company and maybe mining, might have some questions around mining in Argentina or Brazil, um, how can they go about doing that? Well, I, I think the best place to start is our website, which is www.seratogold.com. Um, and and uh, from there, you can look up uh, the, the, the different uh, people. Um, you know, Nick Campbell is, is probably the best uh, first uh, point of contact. Uh, but, but um, you know, from, from uh, we're all accessible, we're reachable. Um, you know, please don't hesitate, uh, either you or any of your podcast members to, to, to reach out to us. Um, you know, we're always, we're always happy to uh, engage with uh, our story. Yeah. And are you in any uh, social media platforms at all? Yourself or the company? We, we are. We are. I think we're on Facebook and, and uh, Twitter, amongst other, amongst other platforms. Yeah, no worries. Um, and also, any of the listeners, if you want to reach out to Mark, um, or you can alternatively reach out to myself and I can pass any messages on. Uh, my email address is rob at mining-international.org. Uh, thanks again, Mark. Really appreciate your time um, and giving to your story um, and telling us more about obviously mining in Brazil and Argentina. And I think both both jurisdictions are exciting. There's a lot of growth in in those countries. Um, and appreciate taking the time to uh, um, give us your views. Well, well, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time and and uh, those of your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. And hope hope the uh, the guys that are listening on this uh, on this episode, um, if you feel that you can, um, other people that you know within the industry want to um, know more about uh, mining in Argentina or Brazil, or want to know more about uh, Sorado and their uh, journey, appreciate if you can pass this uh, episode on to uh, colleagues, friends, um, so they can get this uh, content as well. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.